This is an ABC podcast. When you see Zanny Kolak performing, there's no doubt how much she enjoys playing her electric violin. You can't help but notice that beaming smile across her face. The Melbourne-based artist recently released her debut album, Three. Zanny discusses with me how Nashville influenced her debut album, where she gets her song titles from, and her lifelong obsession with the violin. The Bucket List. My name is Zanny Kolak and my debut album is called Three. Zanny, when did you start experimenting with where you could take your violin musically? I think I started pretty much right away. I was very impatient to get learning music and the way that I started was through the Suzuki method of violin playing. So that means that for the first few weeks, you take home a pretend violin that's made out of a muesli box and a ruler and you have to get your posture happening. So obviously at seven years old, I was very disappointed that this muesli box ruler violin wasn't making any sound. <laughs> so when I finally got a violin, I was really dying to play it. So I would listen to any type of music and try to play it and my parents being not musical but both uh, creative, so they were both into graphic design and visual art, they would take me to see all different types of music. So I remember going to the Geelong Celtic Festival down in Victoria and starting to get into Irish fiddle music and then I'd hear some jazz and even though there weren't many jazz violinists in that genre, I still tried to imitate the sound of trumpets or saxophone and so I, I never kind of thought that a genre of music would restrict me from being part of it because I was a violinist. I just kind of made the violin fit wherever I could. So I guess I was experimenting right from the beginning. Well, I mean, how did you get to the style that we hear now, uh, particularly your contemporary classic music and not necessarily the work that you do with the Twox, for instance? For a long time, I kind of thought that what I did as a solo violinist, whether that be using loops and electronic effects or playing just without any of that kind of stuff, was I just kind of took it for granted a bit that it was something that no one would really be interested in hearing, that it was process-based. But what I kind of realised is that all of that music that I was doing just on my own was an amalgamation of all the different styles that I've learned and played. So it had bits of the Irish Celtic music in it, but also it had Argentinian tango because I had studied a lot of Piazzolla music and then jazz and pop and folk. And so it kind of was this like eclectic mix of styles and it took me until the beginning of this year to go, well, maybe I'll just go into the studio and put down what this music is that is really deep within me but that no one really has heard. They've probably heard moments of it when I improvise when I'm playing with the Twox but there's always a drum kit involved, there's always someone else involved. So really this was about distilling it down to just pure zanny. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we talk pure zanny, zanny, I mean, you play with such joy on your face. I mean, why does playing the violin give you so much joy? I think that music is something that I've always been passionate about, but probably in a bit of a different way to 
other people, like real music aficionados and people who are really into music, they listen to lots of music and they know, you know, all the members of Led Zeppelin and, you know, they have all the facts and stuff down. But I don't really know very much about music history and have listened to a lot of music but never tried to really play other people's music necessarily. I just wanted to play what I felt like playing and I was inspired by like conversations or books that I read, not necessarily musical things. So I guess music for me has been something that I've always loved and, you know, really held as something that I'm very lucky to do. And I just kept pushing and pursuing it. And really, like every time I get on stage, it's kind of a bit of a happy place for me. I I feel like in day-to-day life, I, I'm a bit more introverted and bit shy around people that I don't know for the first time and yet when I get on stage it's like there's a switch and I'm completely opposite I'm like this crazy extroverted happy joyous like person that just gets totally lost in the music so yeah I just every time I get on stage I feel very grateful and lucky that I get to be there and really proud that I worked as hard as I did to get to that point. Well, Zenny, how do you describe your style for someone who has never heard you play or seen you play? Um, Well, I guess think about layers of string sound. So when I'm using a loop station, I'm building layers and it can be quite textural and very epic. But then I think a lot of people associate the violin with being beautiful and pretty and fragile or passionate and careful But I'm very much, I guess, you know, I'm more like an electric lead guitarist or something when I'm playing. So my phrasing and my melodies that I'm creating are a bit like shredding all over a guitar solo or something. So there's little bits of different kind of techniques used as well. So I'll be tapping or hitting the violin or using plucking and pizzicato effects and using electronic guitar effect pedals to you know, create a bass sound, really trying to put an entire band onto this one instrument. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Rihanna Patrick. This is ABC Radio. And Zanny Kolak is my guest. She's a contemporary violinist, a singer, songwriter and composer. Now, Zanny, you got to take fiddle lessons from Buddy Spiker, who's a bit of a country music fiddle legend. What was it like to learn from someone with who's you know who's played with Hank Williams Jr. and Hank Snow and Kitty Wells and Loretta Lynn, just to mention a very small number of the artists he's performed with? Yeah, it was incredible. I, a couple of years ago, I decided that having such a eccentric kind of style on the violin, it's often hard for people to know where we fit. When I was performing with the Twox, so people didn't know if we were pop or dance or folk or whatever and I just was going maybe I need to make it easy for people maybe I need to go and fit myself into a genre where the violin is expected so I decided that I'd go and look into Americana and country music and I thought I'd go straight to the source and I'd go to Nashville so I went to Nashville took my violin over there and had arranged to go and check out some bands and have a few lessons with different people over there. But then one day I went out to see a gig 
and Buddy Spiker was playing in this band and I was like, oh, my gosh, this violinist is incredible. So I just went up to him after the show and I asked him if I could have some lessons and he was like, yeah, cool, come on over. So I went to his house (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, he's like 80 years old or something and he's even played with Johnny Cash and on those kind of recordings and went in and he was so great. Like he taught me things all by ear and then when I would solo or improvise, he was saying, yeah, that's a really different style you've got. It's like you know, jazz and hip and that kind of thing and gave me all this advice on what I should do if I wanted to come to Nashville and told me this great story about when he was recording with the likes of Johnny Cash and Ray Charles. He said, yeah, Johnny Cash, he was all right, but, you know, he just didn't have enough fiddle on his records. (laughs) 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 So that was pretty funny. And then, um, yeah, you know, at the end he asked me to marry him and I thought... Maybe I'll go home now. (laughs) But, yeah, it was amazing. He was just so good, so good. Well, I mean, on that, I mean, what was the impact of going to Nashville and what did that impact have on your playing and composing, particularly if we look at your debut instrumental album three, which has just come out? Yeah, well, I decided that when I went there that I wanted to be inspired by that music and influenced by that music and start putting out a few EPs. So my first EP, it's called One, and it's inspired very much by Americana and country music. So I did a bit of Western Swing fiddle arranging, which has three-part violin sections in it. And also while I was in Nashville, I worked with some mentors on songwriting. So it has a lot of that attention to detail in songwriting. And then from there, I decided to put out the second EP, which was more pop, but also putting instrumental interludes in amongst the song. So I wanted to start to explore the format of recordings. And then this debut album, which was an entire album, which I've called Three because it's the third instalment of Zanny stuff, I decided to put aside words altogether and just create something that was improvised and not having any restrictions on how long each track needed to go for. So a lot of them are like eight, nine, ten minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, on that, Zania, where do your compositions on three come from? I mean, where was the inspiration for that and, and what do we hear on three? So when I went into the studio, I decided to prepare nothing. I went in just with my effects and loop station and amps and I recorded in Collingwood in Victoria with a guy called Miles Mumford. I purposely decided not to prepare anything so that I would go in and that magic that comes with improvising would be present in the recording. A lot of the time when I go into the studio, things get a bit too clinical and careful for me. I, I'm not a big fan of recording. I prefer on stage live musical moments and that's where I feel like I'm at my best and create the best music I possibly can. So I just went in and for two hours I just played. I just played a whole bunch of things that were just coming to me in the moment and decided to, you know, check that out after the two hours were up. And about 80% of what I performed I ended up putting on the album with no changes to it compositionally. It was just um, post-production in mixing and putting different effects on at different times. So is there a fine line for you between the control that you need but also being the zany spontaneity side of you and your playing? 
Well, I was thinking about this actually, and that's a really interesting question because I am very much a person who likes to be in control. But it's weird because I feel most in control of my playing when I'm by myself and I can improvise. So I don't have to perform something like I've performed it before. And that was something that was interesting while I've been putting together how I'm going to perform this album live now that I'm going to be going around the country doing a tour because I don't want to lose that magic of improvising, but I've also created these pieces of music that I really love now. <laughs> and how do I <laughs> kind of make that work for me? Yeah. I'm Rihanna Patrick. This is ABC Radio. And Zoni Kolak is a contemporary violinist and composer. She's based in Melbourne, and her debut instrumental album is called Three. Now, there are a lot of different styles. There's a journey that you take the listener on, everything from quite sparse pieces quite beautiful lyrical pieces to then some things that get a little rocky, some things that are very positive and they make you feel very good about life. But there's a track on this album that I really wanted to know what the story was about. And I want to know what is Don't Die the Sheep about? (laughs) Yeah. So every time I was about to commence an improvisation, I kind of quickly thought about what I was going for. And this one, I decided to go for a really obvious chord progression. It's in one of the easiest keys. It's in C major. And then I wanted to gradually deconstruct it. So I wanted to start really obvious and simple and create some sort of beautiful melody and then start to weave in dissonance and clanking tempo changes and make it really just hit this final end that was really disturbing. And I named all the pieces after the fact. So what I wanted to do was name each of the pieces after kind of colours that I thought of when I listened to the tracks. And this one, I I thought that it felt very safe and creamy and warm and nice at the beginning and then got to the really disturbing bit. So I wanted it to be like, you know, when people die sheep's wool and it changes it so it's no longer this pure thing that can be a bit white or cream and then you know have sheep poo all over it by the end so it's (laughs) just like I want it to call it just don't dye the sheep just leave it as it is it's it's good enough. Zanny you went to um, the Victorian College of Arts you know what did that lend itself to you in what you learnt there and how that feeds into you and your own playing? Well, the VCA, I look back on that my time there and that was pretty much crucial to everything that I've done musically. I started off doing my Bachelor of Music there and then stayed for another few years to do a Master's. So I was there for six years and it became very much like the centre of my universe. <laughs> but the main thing that was really interesting was It was where I met a lot of people who I got my first work with professionally. It also gave me the opportunity to explore a lot of different styles. I was doing some Latin-inspired music. I was doing straight-up jazz. It was also where I first got to perform with people like Paul Grabowski and Andrea Keller and Eugene Ball. I had an array of different teachers. I had Peter Knight, who's now the director of the Australian Art Orchestra, work with me on Ableton, so working with a laptop. And it also really gave me the tools that I needed to pursue 
other things that would be present in my career later on. So now I do music direction. Um, I'm doing that show, Stand By A Woman Again, where I'm going to be arranging all this music um, for a 14-piece all-female ensemble. Then I work in theatre sometimes, doing music direction for theatre. So I really have to have a lot of skills if I'm trying to live a financially viable career in the arts. So VCA really gave me everything that I needed for that. So which do you prefer, Zanny, playing contemporary classical or playing with the likes of Claire Bowditch and Tim Rogers, for instance? I don't think I can pick because one thing that I... That I really that I really love about being a musician is that every day is completely different. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I don't know what project I'm going to be doing next. And I love that. I love that I don't do the same thing every day. So I love performing my own solo works because it's my thing. But then sometimes it gets lonely just being up on stage by myself. And then when I get to go and play with Claire Bowditch, it's a completely different experience to when I play with Tim Rogers. They're both really different artists and... I have to collaborate with them in different ways and then I get to go and see different parts of the world and different audiences when I play with them. So I couldn't pick. I love it all. But it is exciting to finally be doing my own solo thing and I think it's really interesting that you have to go on a long journey before you realise that maybe the thing you're most passionate about has been right in front of you the whole time. (laughs) Well, Zani, I mean, how have those collaborations enabled you to continue really working out your style and working out who you are as a musician and, and, you know, do those collaborations feed into you trying different things after them? Absolutely. I learn a lot from collaborating with different guest artists, even something like how to hold a room or how to how to chat to an audience between songs. That's something that I really enjoy too, and I think there's an art to performing and being an entertainer and people like Claire and Tim are both amazing entertainers as well as artists and musicians. And then also songwriting, like hearing different ways of doing songwriting. Like I've worked with both Claire and Tim on their different records that they've put out too. So I've been there seeing that process, like playing their songs when they first come to be and then going through that process of going to the studio and recording strings or solo violin and then going on tour and touring those tunes and watching how that process has changed. Zanny, is there something that you've learnt along the way that you wish you'd known earlier? Yeah, look, many things. Um, <laughs> I wish that I wish I'd known everything that I know now back when I was, you know, first starting out. So often it feels like um, I don't know what's coming next, and I'm just trying to keep up. And I, I think that I'm doing everything okay, and then <laughs> I realise that no, I should have done all these different things. But I mean. I guess there's nothing I can really do about that. I just have to keep going and hope that I can keep up with the rate that my life seems to be snowballing along at the moment. Maybe I just wish that I had have known oh, just a little bit more about how I could do the thing that was right there in front of me. Like I, I could have pursued the things that I thought, nah, I shouldn't do that because of whatever reason, if it was insecurity or thinking no one would like it or just not thinking it was legitimate enough. I wish I had have maybe started doing that earlier. So, so backed I, yourself earlier? Yeah, just backed myself earlier, yeah. But it's okay. Like I don't feel too down about that. Like 
we arrive when we arrive, I guess, and it feels really good now. <laughs> ABC Radio.